I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello. Welcome to the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars, with Pryor here, properly the other side of the desk. Happy New Year, Stephen. And to you, mate, and to you. Did you have a good time over Oh, Christmas? yeah, wonderful, mate. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, wonderful. Um, we are, where are we today? Well, we're in Caffeine Machine, and the, the, there's a there's an office meeting. What a way to start a, a, a new year, eh? To I know. Show up at 10.30, have a, chat, have a coffee with the lads, talk about what a great year it's going to be next year, it's or this year, sorry. And, yeah. Rock on. It's pretty good, isn't it? It's pretty good. Uh, Steve, we have a letter from uh, Mike Kember, who says, Good afternoon, guys. Long-term listener to the podcast, which is very kind. We've only been going 18 months. We'll take long-term. That's good. Uh, the ongoing saga of which EV Steve should buy is very interesting. I've just purchased a used Skoda ENIAC VRS and found, um, when I went to view it, I sort of recognised the registration number and a bit of digging around, turns out it was an autocar long-termer driven by our acting magazine editor, James Atwood. Question, have you ever bought an ex-press car? I know, Steve, you have bought the Dacia Duster, but are there any others? Have you ever bought a car and found out something interesting about it afterwards? Says Mike Kemper. I bought four, believe four. it or not. But the Berlingo was was one of them 19 years ago that was my own long term and I loved it so much that I couldn't possibly send it back yeah. and the same thing happened with the Duster but the uh, the Alpine which I now have is was also a fleet car it came uh, we borrowed it very early in its life on the fleet it came home to my gaff my missus walked around at once and said isn't this fantastic you know if we're going to buy a silly car why don't we make it this one that's cool so we bid them on the car when it was I think it had done 2,900 miles or something, yeah. um, and bought it. And they were kind enough to, to, to uh, you know, uh, not send it out to any more hairy Any more road tests, any more days at Millbrook Brewing uh, Ground doing brake testing. Yeah, that's it. And, yeah. uh, and that, was the, that was the story. So we have that. But the other one was a, was a Mazda MX-5, which I had, that, that was Mark Tishaw's long-termer for a mm. while. And what was amusing about that, I think I bought that with about 15 on it because he did a lot of miles. Mm. And we all did a lot of miles, actually. And that was another case of taking it home, driving it around the place with my missus and thinking, gosh, we, we really ought to hang on to this. Yeah. And it reached the end of its natural term with us. And I just spoke to the guys at Mazda and they, and they passed it on to us, having put it through the usual Mazda used car system. Yeah. And But the thing that was amusing about that was that 
for for years afterwards, I I kept on sorry, been meeting people who who would say, "Good God, I did a lot of skids in your car, mate." <laughs> <laughs> is that unnerving, or is that okay, or is I that? I think it's okay. Yeah, because the cars up to it as we've proved and mm. uh, it was perfect there was nothing wrong with it and it went through the system there were there were no issues we owned it for i don't know three three-ish years something like yeah. three or four years and it was great i did a couple of hill climbs in it it went up press oh, yes and, of course yeah yeah and and uh yeah it was a good good thing to buy so so nothing but good experiences mm. we've had occasionally it's been a long time but we've had letters in the past uh, saying, oh, I've just bought a car and I've read this issue of Autocar from so-and-so. It turns out it was a press car. You road tested it. Yep. I'm furious about it. Why didn't? Why wasn't I told and what are you going to do about it? And you yeah. go, well, nothing. I don't know what you, <laughs> what, what you want me to do about it. But I don't... I mean, they're pretty well looked after, aren't they, in between times? I think they're, 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 they're presented every time in immaculate condition, yeah. so it would have been cleaned a lot. And yeah. they always make sure the brakes are up to it and the yeah, tyres exactly. are up to it and... And when they get defleeted, as the term goes, mm. um, I think they're pretty well treated. So I've never had a bad experience. I think it's nothing but a good thing. Were you, I don't know if you can talk about this or not, were you, I'll find out, <laughs> were you going to buy a Land Rover Discovery off of Fleet? Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the fifth. Yeah, yeah we, we, did this, uh, we did this trip to Iceland, would, you know, when Land Rover used to do these mega expeditions. It was a mm. Disco 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, off we went to Iceland. I'd been driving this car for the best thick end of 20,000 miles, I think. Off yeah. we went to Iceland. We were there for four or five days. All kinds of really difficult stuff, very, you know, crawling over volcanic rocks and over icy creeks and beds and all oh, God knows what. I remember at one stage it crashed through the ice and lobbed on the, on the bottom of a, a riverbed. Oh, wow. Um, but it was came back. Perfect. No, yeah. not a mark on on the wheels. It had, it had was fitted with a monster um, underbody armor plate, but mm. even so, it came back. And we were shaping up to buy this thing, and it, on the way down the M1, on the top of a transporter, on a foggy night, the transporter jackknifed, and the car hit the floor from the top deck, wallop. And all I saw of it from there from there on was a. A muddy photograph in the local press oh, of these goodness. cars that have been spread all over the M1. Yeah, no amount of underbody protection is going to save no. you from falling oh, off no, it was, the top of one of those. No, it would have been completely history. Yeah, yeah. I, but Angela, the, my missus, were, went around uh, for weeks with wearing the black armband because oh, she really? liked the car so much. They were great, aren't they? I think the proper design classic now as well, aren't they? They, they look just perfect. I think they look spot on. Yeah, in fact, um, I was in touch over the Christmas period with... Um, Andy Wheel, the, 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 who was the chief designer of that car, the Disco 3, he's still very proud of it. And, and he's got every right to be, I think. Yeah, I think He's now it. working on the new Jag. Won't tell me oh, anything. Interesting. But, oh, well. um, but uh, I'm, I feel consoled by the fact that Andy Wheel's at work on the new Jag. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I have not bought an express car. But, uh, Mike, to your question, have you ever bought out a car and found out something interesting about it afterwards? No. But the dealer I did buy it from... Uh, my Land Rover Defender, independent specialist, I should say, not an official Land Rover dealer, was later jailed for two years for tax evasion. <laughs> he claimed, um, they claimed they bought 31 Land Rovers when they'd actually bought two. Oh, right. And got 86 grand of VAT exemption, which the which HMRC later discovered they didn't take very kindly to. Oh, but, uh, but I like the car, it's fine. 
the, the carbon. Well, it's the still going good. strong, isn't it? Yeah, it's perfect, mate. I, it was ten years ago, maybe eleven years ago, and one hundred and seventy thousand miles ago, I would say. Yeah. And it's just, you know, old, old defenders have their issues, but you just replace a few bits and soldier on. It's fine. That is that same is... engine, same turbo, one clutch, uh, no injectors, no, you know, just occasional brake discs and bushes and yeah. the odd spring, and that's it. There can't be many people who've done 170,000 miles in that time, I don't think. No, probably not. It's That's having a bit of a quieter time at the minute because its usual keeper is uh, living in America. But yeah. it's, it's a yeah, it's just it's just terrific, mate. I drove it a bit over the weekend, and it's. I really like the steering. Yeah. It steers really. It doesn't ride very well. It's very noisy and everything else. But it's just. I find it really relaxing to drive. You've got you, you, but you've made the 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 essential mod, which is to change the steering wheel, haven't you? Yeah, it's got a much smaller steering wheel. Yeah, which helps because people talk about banging your elbow. It's yeah. never been a problem no. for me at all. Yeah, banging your right elbow on the door, people say, but it just doesn't bother me. They just time. get the thing about that Defender is that they get more different, don't they? Every time we drive a new car, you get back in that, and you just it's it's a bit more special. I yeah, think. it's a bit of a reset every time. Anyway, but sorry, mate, we've banged on for eight minutes and I haven't even started the podcast yet, which is about <laughs> our respective columns for the third of January uh, edition, which is the magazine's out now. Uh, you can find it. Um, if you go to themagazineshop.com or you can find it on the shelves. Anyway, we'll talk our respective columns a bit. Things to do in 2024, Steve. What are you going to do? What oh, are you going to do God. more of this year? It's so hard. I, I, my problem is I had such a fantastic 23 hmm. by... Um, there was just a superb uh, collection of interesting things happened. I didn't do very much overseas travelling, which I, I have to say I'm happy about because... Yeah. You, you waste a tremendous amount of time on in the airport. And I, I, did, Agreed, I didn't yeah. do it this year, and I, I, other people did it instead. And I, I <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid I don't, mate. Well, yeah, you, you, you did, didn't you? Mm. You were back and forth. Yeah. And it does waste time, doesn't it? Well, I, I was thinking about a column about this, because we did, you know, back in the... I don't want to bring up the days of the pandemic again, but people used to they said you know what we've we found a way of doing things a bit differently we'll bring more cars to the uk to save people going around the world it's a bit better for all considered we'll have some long i don't want to talk shop but anyway yeah but anyway i looked through our launch diary for 2023 and 2019 the last sort of two times basically travel is back up to where it was before yeah but i mean it's it's, it's, it's just got, a bit too much of it i think it's got something to do with you being a nice amenable bloke though you know you, you say yes to everybody. somebody says we need a we need a body to go to you know missouri or somewhere and you go to korea for six days yeah, yeah yeah fine but but yes but i think in general there ought to be a bit less yeah but i mean i suppose things to look forward to in 24 hmm. two things for me the new ford the, the explorer and the <laughs> and the um and the Renault Five, I think they're real reset cars. Those because Renault Five, because it, I am old enough to remember the original Renault Five, which was a reset car. And if they can hit that kind of prominence and importance again, that would be amazing. Yeah. And and any new family Ford, or sort of mainstream Ford, is an is an important car to me. Mm. Is this effectively a Explorer? Is not a direct Focus replacement, is it? But is the idea that it will take that, that, sort that of role, yes, I think the, so. In the, in, the, in the range. I think, I think that that's, that's the role. They're, they're trying to make it a the mainstream car, the, mm. the, the Ford people reach for. Mm. And have we seen the final Renault 5 yet? Because it was a very cool concept. 
last year. Have we seen the finish? I, th I think we've seen a few, a few versions of the concept, but no, nobody's quite telling us whether or not the concept is the car. I mean, they, they imply that it's not far away, okay. don't they? Yeah. Uh, but um, they've got, it would be interesting because they've got to fit the Alpine version of that car, the A290, is it? The, mm -hmm. um, and that's going to be the hot hatch as, or a hot hatch as well. So it can't be too, too they're going to have to be sort of cooking versions of the Renault 5 and it will be interesting to see those because all we've seen are yeah. very concepty, mm. you know, quite ornate ones. And they look pretty cool, don't they, they is do? the concept. Yeah. I hope they look as good. Just as an aside, Matthew Saunders' Rotest Toyota has entered the building over the other side, mate. He's got a piece of rocky road over there. Looks hey. rather good, I've got to say. I can hear him chewing at the minute. Steve, tell me about the Audi SQ8 e-tron. Well, it, it's my smoker. It's just arrived. Um, uh, and I'll be driving it for the next few months. Hmm. First EV I've ever had that uh, was that is my that I d depend on daily, and I do quite a big mileage. I like driving, you know. So my idea of recreation is driving. Hmm. Um, you know, other people collect stamps, um, and <laughs> and um, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how I get on with quite long haul mm. stuff, you know, because um, I'm not particularly experienced at finding the right charging point and so on. So I'm going to be intrigued by that. The, the two things that stick out so far is how susceptible it is to, as, as all EVs are, to um, mileage, yeah, sorry, temperature, mm -hmm. the mileage versus temperature thing. When you, in a cold day, it does 220, hot day, it does 260. Mm. And that's that's quite a difference to me. It is. And the other thing is my, I, I don't know if this is the Nat National Westminster Bank's fault or mine, but I find that uh, my credit card, which I use to, you know, at charging points, is inclined to retire every so often. Mm. If you don't reset it in somebody's convenience store and put the PIN number in, you can reach a touchpad and, and, the t and it sort of says, nah, yeah. go away. Yeah. So you have to go and buy a box of matches to reset your Thing. I yeah. dislike that deeply, and I think we need keypads on on charge points. There ought to be a way around that, isn't there? Because there you could turn up somewhere in the middle of the night in a car park, yeah, and there not be a shop around the corner where yeah, you yeah. need to go and do that. I was reminded actually over the weekend of a we tried to do the Three Peaks Challenge in a in a, in a Nissan Leaf. Do you remember that a few I years do ago? Remember that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do it, but I remember somebody but else doing it. I was it. a yeah. driver. I was certainly not the runner, but but I was a driver, and I remember getting to this Scottish. Um, charging point, primitive cottage Scottish charging point in the middle of nowhere at about 3am trying to charge and the, and this, this message came on saying um, this uh, thing is out of action and by the way don't don't ring us because the people who man it are um, you know only work business hours and I remember standing there saying to the blokes let's let's find this bloke's address and firebomb his house <laughs> <laughs> I never felt so angry at one oh, that is frustrating <laughs> that is frustrating I just had to put in some expenses for a, a tank of petrol including a picture of a petrol pump in Scotland which said 24 hour 24 hour fuel and I turned up at 
I don't know, five to six in the morning, something like that. And there was a little tin hut with nobody nobody in it. But it, sure enough, a pump that took a credit card, had a pin facility just wow. in case. Uh, and then you, it said, do you want a receipt? And I said, yes, I do. And it just made this whirring noise and nothing happened. And I thought, hang on, what I can do about this? So I just took a picture of it going, there you go, I've put 90 quid in this car. Please pay my expenses. And to be fair, it's all they fine. Did. They did. But Amazing. Anyway. Uh, the Jeep Avenger, mate. You spent a bit of time in one of those, haven't you, recently? <laughs> yeah, it, it arrived just before Christmas. It, mm-hmm. um, I was desperate to drive it because I, I think small EVs are for the lightness and you know agility and so on. I just think they're more interesting than, yeah. than big fat ones. Mister Tishaw was because he's on the Coty jury. He, he is. He's the autocar editor of brand editor. It's now, I suppose, the double is. thing. Yeah. He is. Yes, car of the year. Jura. That's him. He went off and had a go at it during the year and pronounced it a really good thing. Mm. I mean, he was really, really keen on it, wasn't he? And I, um, so I wanted to have a go. Um, and it w- I thought it was terrific. I mm. thought, it, you know, steered, rode well, nice size, pretty good range. Not amazing, but not bad. Mm. And uh, oh, I just... And, I think it was the embodiment of a Jeep, even though, as we know, with everything Stellantis does, you know, it's it's probably a Peugeot and a Citroën and a few other Fiat and a few other things yeah. under. Yeah. But it had its own identity and it did a good job. Hmm. I could own one. No, yeah. no problem. Yeah, it's sort of fit. You know, sometimes a car turns up and you just think this is going to be the default recommendation for a lot of people when they say, I'm after a x that does x and x and you go okay you should buy a mini cooper yeah or you should buy a three series yeah. or you should buy i don't know whatever whatever else a caterer you know and yeah. anything that just goes right that fits your that a porsche 911 that just in the jeep avenger seems to me to be one of those kind of cars yeah. that we would just be saying to people for a while yeah why don't you just get one of those Good idea guy, for a feature, actually, isn't it? You know, well, if we, interesting. we could just uh if we went through the entire range of cars and tried to Trying to find the the cars that most embody the the, the you know the important characteristics of yeah. of buyers. Yeah. So it might be a bit of a brain stretcher, but yeah, it'd be an interesting thing to do, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's harder, probably harder today, just because there are so many more cars than there used to be. Yeah. The answer used to be buy a golf, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, just buy a golf, mate. Yeah. Well, I'm I used sure to say it's so straightforward today. Say um, a VW Golf or any Toyota. Yeah. To I, my, I, I I've recommended so many. Honda Jazzes and Toyota Yaris's and Corollas yeah. to people who say, I just want to go from A to B. Yeah. They don't because it's like saying you just want a fridge that keeps your food cold. You don't. You also want the light to come on when you open the door. You want a little yeah. egg thing. You want a thing to keep your salad nice fridge. ice cubes. Yeah, and exactly. But it's just one of those, just go, just buy it and you will never complain to me. Or a Kia, Kia Seed. I've have you ever had? Warranty. Have you ever had a complaint? You know, somebody come back to you and say, "You know that advice you gave me? That was really crap." No, I don't think I. No, I don't think I have. No, no. I thankfully, I, I, I mean, I've, people more often. I've had people completely ignore it. Yeah. And they say, "What should I buy?" And you go, "Oh, you should get one of these, one of those, one of those." And they come back and go, "Well, you'll never guess. I bought a Suzuki Wagon R Plus." <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I am the man who set off one day to buy to buy a Fiat Uno. This is back in the day, you know, mm. when, when I was skint and I just needed transport. Set out to buy a Fiat Uno, came back with a Daimler Double Six. He's <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> that is a shopping trip over the flight. It is pretty on. stupid. That is it? really yeah. good going. Um, Steve and I are going to take a very short break. We'll be back with more, a uh, bit more Suzuki nonsense, actually, in just a moment. 
What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. Hello, welcome back to my week in cars. Uh, Steve, Dan Morton Bicknell writes to say, uh, I recently read Steve's article on driving a Ford Capri around the ultra-low emission zone and beyond. Um, thoughtful and very informative. Thank you very much. One point Steve makes is that road testers would often only drive cars uh, during that era at five tenths. My question is, what exactly does driving at ten tenths mean? And is it important to the average driver who probably only drives at two or three? <laughs> <laughs> I think most people drive at sort of five, six, seven myself. You, you know, judging by the... I mean, we've just come up the Fosway. Well, I've just come up the Fosway. Yeah. You, you've come west oh, Well, I've come... Yeah, I've come across a decent road from the 422. Because caffeine machine is... I always find it hard to describe when people say, where is it? I go, well, it's in Warwickshire and sort of nearish Stratford yeah, and nearish Stratford Banbury. Warwick, and, yeah. yeah, I've come up at the back road from Banbury, which is a nice nice bit of road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But to judge by the number of people who are clamped up the backside of my 550 horsepower Bentley that I happen to be driving in, yeah. um, I think people drive it, you know, with a fair bit of Sometimes energy. Sometimes briskly, yeah. Ten tenths is, is, is just the limit, you know, we're, yeah, yeah we, we drive cars on test tracks to try and find out what they do um, in extremists, don't we? Yeah. When was the last time you drove at 10, what you would call 10 tenths? Um, I think it would have been on a test track recently. Just trying to think where the hell it was. I had a bit of a go on, uh, uh, do you know that little track at Bister Heritage? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I of went, course, yes. I went After we there. recorded the pod a couple of weeks yeah. ago, didn't we? Yeah. I went around there in the Audi, actually, and mm. and uh, it demonstrated the things we know about it that it weighs a hell of a lot, but yeah. it, but the electronics are good. So even though the the mass is trying to keep it going straight on, the electronics allow it to turn the way you want it to turn. That's so cool. yeah, it's a, it's, it's, the, it's one of those cars where you you're not worried about safety, but you're worried about tire wear a bit. Mm. So yeah, Mister Heritage. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, anyway, yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, what does what does what does um, yeah ten tenths is, well, all, is, all is all going as fast as you personally can, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. But it, what I meant by the comment about the Capri is that in the olden days, cars used to the handling and ride used to fall apart more. Mm-hmm. The, you know, they had a period, a point in the, in in the, the sort of energy level where where. They behaved well, and this Capri did the same. Hmm. But if you went a bit faster, it, it demonstrated its frailties pretty quickly. Oh, interesting. That's all I'm saying. And, in, and, and I, you don't think, and I, I would agree if you do, that cars do that these days. No, they're much better, they, I think. Yeah. Remember, we used to discover all kinds of weird quirks, didn't we? Hmm. You know, funny steering effects. and Yeah, there know, are some breaking. brilliant cornering shots and things like that of cars that are... St- almost on two wheels or three wheels and, yeah. the, and, the, and all four of them seem to be pointing a different direction. I see it. Very strange know. wheel angles. Yeah. 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 Can't be right. No. Uh, you can find more of those pictures in the Autocar archive. Hey. If you go to the themagazineshop.com uh, you can subscribe <laughs> to Autocar and um, that brings you every issue that we have in the archive from 1895. And I think 
Somebody said the other day that because the British Library has a full complement of back issues, any of the gaps in our own digital archive are going to be filled with the assistance of those. Well, that's good. That's good, isn't it? It is good. That's an on- anyway, it's an ongoing process to completely fill the digital archive, but it's pretty good. There are... There aren't that many holes anyway. No, you'd be but going it's... some to read it all at the moment, wouldn't you? You would. Yeah, I haven't got through it yet, I must say. <laughs> um, you can... Uh, no, no. Uh, well, two things to do. What should we do first? The British Motor Museum, you can own a car, sort of. Sponsor a car. Yeah, yeah. You have well, done so. I, I had you and me in mind for this because there's a car there called the Albion Dog Cart, 1902. Mm. 15, I think it is. Oh, God, I'm trying to think. Oh, that's right. Yes, no, eight, we talked about this before Christmas briefly, yeah, yeah. didn't we? Eight horsepower. Yeah. Was it regulated at 15 or something? Yeah, that's right. Bizarre, like that. I think yeah. it's supposed to not go over 15. You wouldn't want right. to go over 15 miles there, especially downhill. <laughs> anyway, the thing is, uh, um, the, the news is, we did talk about it, as you said, yeah. but, but the news is we're, they're going to let us run it in a Brighton run. Oh, in, fantastic. In uh, first weekend in November. Okay. You and me, Brilliant. Hyde Park to Brighton. Fantastic. Very long. It'll, t- it'll take many hours, mate. But we'll get there. What do I need to? What do I need to do in advance of that, Steve? Because oh, I, I haven't driven anything of that age. I don't think. Well, what they always do is invite you up there a week or two before to have driving lessons, mm-hmm. and they've got excellent blokes in the workshop that that you know just treat these things like a Ford Focus. You know, mm-hmm. they just get in it and drive it. And they give you a bit of tuition. But I think the thing we're going to find with the Albion is that it is extremely easy to drive. Oh, really? It'll just, um, it'll just be... Uh, You've, have you driven it already? Yeah, I've done two. Oh, two okay. Lighten runs. Yeah. What, um, and uh, um, it wasn't... One of the, one of the um, trips, it wasn't running particularly well, so my missus had to get out and run alongside well, up one of the hills. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, she was thrilled. With me. Are the yeah. pedals in a normal place, or are they? All I can't over the job? remember, to be honest. I think it's a tiller steering, though. Oh, great! Um, and it's it's a high, so-called high wheeler. So right. you know how lots of cars of that era, or cars of that era, graduated to normal rubber. Yeah, you know, pneumatic. But I think it might be a. I'm just trying to remember, but it's got huge wheels, like a right. like a kind of um, horse and cart. Oh, so it won't have uh, air in the tires. Yeah, I, I don't it? think so. I can't remember. Oh, mate, but, I but, can't wait to see this. It, I can't wait to see. We'll it. find it online. But, yeah. but it, it's it's a primitive. But 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 the thing that's nice about it is it just keeps plugging away. Plugging it away. I look forward <laughs> yeah. to this very much, and I look forward to. Well, I'll wrap up. Warmly. The thing that's yeah. amazing about a Brighton Run is how many people turn out to watch it go by. They still say, you know, there's a couple of hundred thousand people watch it. Oh, really? And and you go down the Brighton to the A23 or whatever it is, and. But, There'll be there are all these clutches of car enthusiasts, you know, the blokes from the Suzuki Swift Owners Club and the guys from the Austin Ten Owners Club. Yeah. And they all gather at a pub and they all wave as you go by. And That's lovely. It's so, it's you definitely celebrate the joy of motoring. Yeah. On the subject of the Suzuki Swift, tell me more because there's a bit in your column about the Swift. Yeah. Well, I just uh, I I can't even think with I think Suzuki might have come up with a with a press release, but they were they were just saying that it was the Oh, that's right. It was the best-selling hot hatch, wasn't it? Yeah, and wasn't the... Uh, I've got your column here somewhere, mate. Isn't it something like they've sold 9 million Swifts? Yeah, I think it's 8 or, or 9 8 million. 8 or 9 million Swifts yeah. since and its it, introduction. You think of Suzuki as a as a little company, sort of slightly marginal, but of course in India, which is the most populous nation on earth, is, mm. is 
Suzuki is a huge, Maruti Suzuki is a huge, huge car seller. Yeah, and, don't they have more than a 50% market share or something like, or yeah, am I confused? It is like, massive. Yeah. I don't know about the percentages, but but it is massive. Yeah. And the, the Swift, of course, is, is well up the range for them. Hmm. So it's a bit of a prestige vehicle, but... It's a, it's, a, it's a great car. It works everywhere, doesn't it, the Swift? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, even though, as you say, we consider them a bit of a niche thing, I think they outsell Honda in Europe, I think. Yeah, I, I think. think you're right. Yeah. And Anyway, a mate of mine texted me yesterday to say he's thinking about a new car to replace some others as a daily runaround. I was looking at Swift Sports, eight or nine years old, and I think they were 13 grand when new. They're still eight or nine grand now, Yeah, which is just... I mean, I really enjoyed them at the time, but they felt a bit under the radar. Yeah. And I wonder if they were bought by fairly sensible people, used sensibly, not modified, not thrashed, not yeah. taken on track. And really good well, dealerships too, I believe. Really, they, yeah, really nice people. So, so they, nice in service. Yeah. That I've always found this. I ran a Suzuki Ignis for, for as a long term for a while, and mm. I just found that people in the dealerships are always nice to you. Yeah. It's great. It is good. It is good. How are we doing for time? 26. We've got time for, uh, well, let's chat my column very briefly, very briefly. Um, I took the train the other day, oh. turned up at the station. and Was this before, during a strike or anything? Or? No, 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 no. This was just in, during normal uh, weekend hours. And, uh, and I said, oh, I want to go to Birmingham and back. And they said, well, that's £29.10. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Fair enough. Um, I mean, if ultimately, I'm paying the German taxpayer who owns... Deutsche Bahn, who owns another train company, which ultimately owns Chiltern Railways. So, you know, but fine, whatever. But had I booked online earlier that day, I could have only spent £26. But I was with travelling with somebody who had a network rail card. And they said, well, hang on, hang on a minute, ticket office bloke. What about if we're travelling together, we can share the discount, you know, also. We, and he said, well, you can, but you can't go to Birmingham and back on a network rail card because it doesn't work that far. They were like, well, what about if we split the ticket via King Sutton, which is halfway between me and Birmingham. So we get the discount as far as King Sutton, but then pay the full fare as far as Birmingham. I mean, you can do that, but you have to take a train that stops at King Sutton. Oh. You don't have to get off or anything, but you have to do that. And it just strikes me that I, I thought about this because I was driving to Scotland the other week and I was leaving at four in the morning to pick up somebody in Leeds on the way. And the navs are saying... If you leave at five, you'll get there in time. But I know at eight o'clock in the morning, everybody's going to go on and get to it. So I know in my own head, I've got to leave earlier yeah. to be there on time to get to where I eventually want to go at the right. And I suddenly thought, actually, this is, this is totally makes sense to me. What if there are a bunch of people to whom that doesn't make sense, but to whom this whole train thing does make perfect sense? They understand entirely that if you book three months in advance. And put, but the difference is if you go somewhere in a car, the time it takes may change, but the cost will be the same. Yeah. And that is the thing about the train system that ought to be the same. It doesn't matter what you ultimately, if you want to if you want to go now or if you want to go in three weeks' time, yeah. there should be a clearer way of saying how much it's going to cost you. Absolutely. And yeah. that's and there was a I believe there was a plan to do that which has not been yet put into action yeah. to simplify. Well they, it's the thing they come up with a bit before every election, don't they? They mm. say it's 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 um we're gonna sort it out, don't worry. Yeah. And they don't. <laughs> they don't. Yes. Anyway, next time I go, especially if there are four or five of us going, as there were, I think I'll just just get in the car. I get in the nearest MPV. Yeah. yeah, I think Absolutely. so. But um, 
Yeah, but I, I don't know. I just, it, but maybe there are, I suppose there are a bunch of people who would look at a map and think, okay, if you've got to go, as I have to go to Northumberland via Leeds, yeah. and you've got to be there for 9.30 in the morning, they'll go, well, okay, I'll get in the car at five, I'll be there at eight, and I'll be in Northumberland by nine. Yeah. But I know that's not the, I know that's not the case, because yeah. we do it a lot, but maybe there are a bunch of people who don't know that. And maybe driving is as baffling to them as other forms of transport yeah. are to me. I don't know. Yeah, I, it is a... I have done a few train trips recently where we did make preparations, I think, a week before, and it, it worked out okay. But yeah. but that, that just seems iniquitous to me to have to, have to, you know, remember a week before to buy a bunch of train yeah, tickets. Yeah, yeah. Why can't you just yeah. arrive and go? Yeah, and that should be the way it's, what it's about. Anyway. Stick uh, with the car, mate. Stick with you? the car. Well, I will for now, mate. Yeah. But see, it would be the only way to get here this morning. <laughs> Indeed. So, um well, that brings us to the end of this week's pod, I think, Steve. Oh, we, we can see whether um, whether Mr. Mr. Saunders has got any of his Rocky Road left. Well, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. No, he's no, he's given us a, a sad <laughs> shake of the head to suggest absolutely not, mate. No. Um, thank you for joining us. There's more My Week in Cars this time next week. The Christmas special with Richard Hammond is still available at your favourite podcast provider. It's good that, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was, was really enjoyable. nice. Yeah, really good fun. That. Really Hope good he fun. had a good Christmas. Yeah. And um, I don't know where we're going to be next week. I'm not sure it'll be anywhere as nice as this, but we'll see what we can do. (laughs) Thank you, Steve. Cheers, mate. See you next week. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.